Hello and welcome to Subscriptions for Authors. Today, we have Summit session number four, which was recorded back in May during the 2023 Virtual Subscriptions for Authors Summit. Now, this session is by Britt Andrews, and it's gonna be all about how to build a rocking reader fandom. Britt shares her story about how she really went from rags to riches as a writer, and all because of how her readers related to her characters and the incredible fandom that has sprung around it. Britt also has a subscription. Britt is just one of the best people, honestly. She's so sweet. She's so creative. And I know you're going to love this session. But of course, if you want more sessions from the summit, you're in the right place. We actually are uploading all the different sessions to the podcast feed. And you can probably find them all. They should already be up if you're listening to this right in the feed. In addition, we will, of course, be still uploading our regular podcast episodes. So don't forget about our podcast episodes. We love them. We love y'all. And we're uploading this here just so that the audio is more accessible to folks. And that's exactly why we also have transcripts linked down in the description. So if audio is not your thing and you'd rather read about the summit, we have all the different summits, sessions, transcripts linked down below. And if you want more sessions just like this, the good news is that we have a bigger and better event taking place in May. It's called the Scriptions for Authors Summit 2024. And it's going to be in person in Boston on May 6th and 7th. And we'll even have a virtual version of the summit too. If you want to get access to the summit, just check the link in the description. It'll be the first one and you can learn more about it. We'd love to see you all there. In the meantime, we're going to get right into this session with Britt. I'll see y'all on the other side. For everyone else here, you might not know who Britt Andrews is. Britt Andrews is just what an incredible story. When I met you, it was actually, I think, John Dyer who introduced us because yep. he was like, you were one of the SPF scholarship winners and mm -hmm. true, like one of the st story of an author who like all of us have to pick, struggling, picking up ourselves up in the bootstraps, don't even know how to invest into your own career. And then seemingly within a year, you became one of, and this isn't an exaggeration, one of the biggest authors, period. And what an incredible journey with your Emerald Lake series. and. Not only that, not only have you accomplished something tremendous because you're not rapid releasing, right? That isn't what you're doing at all, which is really cool that you've been able to have success in Amazon, in the KD market, not rapid releasing, but you're also just an incredible person. And I think that's just so awesome to have just Britt with us today. So I'm really like just so honored to have you here with us, Britt, another all-star speaker. And the little bit more official introduction is that she's going to be talking today all about how to build a rocking reader fandom. And she's a multi-six-figure author that is going to be sharing our insights and how you can convert a reader into a fan and how to keep them hooked, which is what this is all about. Your adventure started just in 2020 in the pandemic. So people listening to Brit and being like, wow, like, I can't believe this is even possible. Life can change a lot in a couple of years. Yeah. You can say that again. <laughs> so Brit, I'm going to let you take the floor. Okay. We're honored, like I said, to have you here and everyone who's listening. Make sure to put your questions for Britt that we'll get to in the end in the Q&A and have all your conversations in the chat. It'll be a lot of fun. I could see your screen and then it says this window is what your audience sees. It's like a little notification. And I'll let everyone know that the schedule for the summit is in this link right here. We'd love to see up some of the future sessions, but we'll let Britt take it off. I'm so excited. Okay. This 
So I'm going to be talking about like how to build a fandom that generates in that generates loyalty. So that these readers, everybody starts out as a reader. And I think especially when you're first getting started, you're like, I need, I need the readers. I need, you need that to make money. But the thing is that I focused on how do I take this reader and turn them into a fan? Because there is a difference there. I wanted to write stories that would stick with people long after they were done. So they were constantly always going to want more from me. And that goes a long way in terms of if you're not somebody who can rapidly release, this presentation is going to be really insightful for you. So let's get started. <clears throat> so today we're going to learn how to build a fandom, how to market yourself as much as your books, because that's huge when it comes to super fans, how to manage your fans, and how to achieve a winning mindset that generates success. And something that I talk about a lot and that I do a lot is I set goals for myself and I almost manifest them. Not if this is going to happen or if I can do this, it's when this happens, or I just picture myself as achieving these goals. And it, it works for me. This is my story here. I used to work in a hospital as a program assistant for the behavioral health department. So we helped a lot of people with mental health issues. And I loved that job, got laid off because of the pandemic. And I was in lockdown with my husband, my five-year-old, my two-year-old, and my like six-month-old. <laughs> I was losing my mind and there was no end in sight is how long are we going to be stuck in this house? And I needed an outlet and I've always been a big reader. So it was just the perfect time for me to, I'm going to try this is something to keep me busy. I was not expecting to make money from it. I did. And we'll talk about that further down the line, but I am very busy with my kids. Two of my children are autistic, which is very rewarding. And also there's just like never a dull moment in our house, but I've learned a lot on how to look at the world differently. Thanks to my sons. So that's why I do what I do. So this is like a brief outline here. The dates aren't correct. I've given this presentation a few times, so ignore the. Oh, it is correct. 523. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. I literally just have been in a hole like the last week trying to get this book finished. And I just finished it yesterday and sent arcs out. So my brain's been melting a, a tiny bit. I understand. Um, so October 2020, I published my first book in my Emerald Lake series. And I made $2,500 that month from KDP. That was more than I made at my day job. And just to tell you a little more background of this, like, I know people don't always like to get into the financial aspect of what is possible with self-publishing. I don't mind talking about it at all. And I think a large part of that is because to understand where I am now and how much it means to me, you, I have to tell you like where I came from, which is paycheck to paycheck, deciding which bills weren't going to get paid that month because we didn't have enough money. I drove a 96 Toyota Camry 
<laughs> that was silver and gold. And I had no heat one winter in Ohio when my son was a baby because I couldn't afford the $700 to get the heat fixed. Right before I started publishing, we almost lost our house in foreclosure. So I have been there in the trenches, living in poverty. My story, like if I can inspire even one person to invest in yourself and take this leap, you're, it's just limitless possibilities for where you could go. So a year after I published the first book, I published the fifth book in the series, which was the final book. It hit 34 in the store and I earned $42,000 that month from KDP. And that was a year to the day, but it was creepy how it worked out. So by December, all five of my Emerald Lakes books were available on audio. And at that point, I had already earned $38,000 from Audible with audiobooks. Last April, I released the first book in a spinoff series, which of course was linked at the end of the fifth Emerald Lakes book. And that one had 1,100 pre-orders. Last June, I had a designer create alternative covers for Emerald Lakes that were only going to be exclusively available through my website. So I severely underestimated the thirst that my fans have for this series. The day that I put these alternate covers up on my website, I sold $18,000 worth of books in 24 hours. It just, it went crazy. In that month last June, I hit $55,000 across KDP, Audible, and website sales. So yeah, now I'm here with you guys wondering <laughs> how it all happened. And I can tell you how it happened. I just told you, but it's still absolutely mind-blowing to me that I did this. And I'm proud of it. And I love sharing my story because I want to see, I want to see what everybody is capable of. So my first year in indie publishing, I made $225,000. And last year, my goal was to double that for 2022. And I wasn't sure that I was going to succeed because thanks to that rapid pace, I kept my first year, I did suffer from a little bit of burnout. And last year, I only published one novel, all of 2022. So did I do it? I did. I more than doubled it at $470,000. What am I saying? You, you yeah. got it. Yeah. I got it. I got it. I told you guys, my brain is fried. And the way that I did this is because... I had readers who turned into fans who just could never get enough of what I was putting out. Anything I was putting out, t-shirts, alternate book covers, like they just want to be a part of it. So where do you guys find them or how do you get them? Number one thing for me is the characters in your books. You have to create memorable and relatable characters. 
insert parts of yourself into them. Because if the reader falls in love with the character that has little parts of you, they're also going to fall in love with you as the author. And we're in like such a unique position as indie authors that we can have these relationships with our fan base that a lot of big name traditional authors, you just don't see that. Uh, pay attention, take ideas from other mainstream hits and fandoms, look at the tropes and deliver reader expectations. You can scroll through Instagram or Facebook or and just be bombarded with promo posts from other authors. Pay attention to what they're doing. See what works. Do not copy them directly. That's not cool, but put your own spin on it. Just keep up with what's working and adapt it to fit your branding. So the main reason that people read books, it's because of the fantasy. You want to let them get lost in the fantasy of your storytelling, but keep your content and the struggles relatable. If you give readers something to identify with in your characters and in your story, they're going to value that story that much more because it's going to hit something in their soul that isn't going to let go long after they put the book down. And that's what's important. So here are some ways to engage. My number one way that I engage with my readers is through my Facebook reader group. Fans love having a place where they can do what they do best, which is talk about your stories. I was a big reader before I started publishing. And I remember when I stumbled into KU, it was life-changing for me because I was no longer spending all my money on books because I could just cycle through them as fast as I could read them. And I remember the first time I joined an author reader group and I commented on one of her posts and she actually responded to me. And I will never forget the way that made me feel like as a reader, as a person. Wow. I mean, I didn't even know that something like that was possible with authors. So I knew going into this, that is the person who I wanted to be. The other, the second one is Instagram. Try to post regularly on there. The whole Bookstagram community is just huge. Like posts that you get tagged in, reshare the stories that people are sharing about your work. The reach is just endless. And this makes the creators feel important and valuable. And especially when you're like forming those connections with influencers and creators that are already big fans of your work, that's just adding another level of connectedness, which is, it just goes, it's just perfect. The third way would be TikTok. I gave a presentation on TikTok two years ago at the 20 Books Vegas conference because I had a lot of success with TikTok. I think that if you aren't utilizing it, then you're losing sales. It is completely free marketing, which I mean, as indie authors, what could be better than free marketing? Book talk is huge and super fans will share your books because they love your stories. And they're also getting like those dopamine, like, oh, look how many views my video got. I know that makes me feel good. 
makes them feel good too, especially because they're getting other people into their obsession, which hopefully is your story. Number four, I utilized Patreon before. I am going to be switching to Ream shortly once I get my life together. <laughs> but Patreon subscription services is a great way to give readers more of what they want, which is more time with you, exclusive content, more input in your writing process, like naming characters or places. You can give them character art, exclusive first looks at cover reveals, blurbs. It's just endless, the things that you can do for your super fans that make them feel even more valued. All right, so what else can I do to satisfy these people? <laughs> because you want to keep giving them things that keep them in interested. So I like to do giveaways, and I don't always give away physical prizes. I give away, yeah, be a character in my next book, or who wants to be killed off in this book? <laughs> they want it all. You can do lives, which actually, usually when I do lives, I'll start on one platform. And then when I'm done on Facebook, I'll just hop onto TikTok, and then I'll just hop onto Instagram. Sometimes they're scheduled, sometimes they're not. But what I love most about doing live videos is that I don't have to do any work on the back end for it because they show up with questions that they want to ask. So all I have to do is answer them and it's awesome. Book signings. I've done a lot of book signings. I absolutely love them. It is very weird to me when people cry when they meet me or they give me a hug and I can feel them like shaking and they tell me like how much my story meant to them, like how I addressed postpartum depression or intrusive thoughts. And it's just amazing. Like you don't realize how much of an effect your stories can have on people until they're standing right before you. And they're like literally shook <laughs> that they're talking to you. Book signings, depending on which ones you go to, don't go into it thinking that you're going to do this event and make a lot of money. That's really not what it's about. It's about meeting them, making their day, giving them pictures with you that they can post on their socials. That's what it's about. Creating playlists. So I always listen to music when I'm writing. And every time I start a new book, I start a new playlist. And I'll just add songs to it as I go that fit the vibe. And then I upload the link into my ebooks when I publish them. They love that too, because again, that's just one more way that you're giving them a glimpse into the person behind the story. And what music does she listen to? What does she like? Do we have anything in common there? Exclusive newsletter content. So I did a, oh, I think it was right before the last Emerald Lakes book came out. I did a round of newsletters in character. So what I did was I had, I would say, okay, guys, this week we're going to, we're going to feature Cam from Emerald Lakes. If you could ask him anything, what would you ask him? And then in my Facebook group, 
people would comment with their questions that they would ask this make-believe man. <laughs> and then that make-believe man, which is me, would respond to their questions in my newsletters. And they lost their freaking minds over that. It was huge. And it was like, as soon as the emails would go out, I'd have pending posts in my Facebook group. Can you believe that he said this? And then they would post them and other people are like, how do I get that? I want that. And you can sign up for my newsletter. <clears throat> so I had a lot of newsletter growth because of those newsletter exclusive interviews. And it was really fun to do. The other thing you can do is give them a job. Open applications for your readers to become moderators in your Facebook groups, add them to your street team, have them build a series, Bible, or a wiki. I'm not joking when I tell you. These people know my story better than I do. There's people that have read it way more than I have. Anytime I have a question like, oh, does anybody remember if this character has tattoos? I just go post it in my Facebook group versus going back and looking for it myself because I'll have an answer like that because they know. And yeah, so just, they just want to feel a part of what you're doing. And any way you can deliver that is awesome. Okay, so this is probably the most important thing. You have to give them shit to buy. <laughs> Fandoms demand merch. Give them what they want. How many people do you see every day wearing sports jerseys or Harry Potter or Game of Thrones stuff? It's everywhere. It has to be. So a small list of ideas, t-shirts, hoodies, pop sockets, bookmarks, artwork, these are all things that I sell through my website now. And they love it. So the other thing, of course, is offering signed paperbacks through your website. So these are pictures from last November. The one on the right is, I think, right before I left for Vegas last November, but... Yeah, this is, so the 900 pounds of books were delivered to my house via a semi-truck, which was very interesting. That's me sitting on top of them. And as long as you're clear with your readers about delays, shipping timelines, and just keeping them updated and communicating, they're very forgiving. I know I had a couple things come up that have caused delays, but I've always been very like transparent with them. Because like I said, I underestimated how many people were gonna buy these. Here's just some screenshots from my group that are, that I thought were funny. And it just shows overall like the vibe that I've created because my Emerald Lake series is very big on like body positivity, positive self-esteem, accepting yourself for who you are, and like family. So I'm proud to say that I've never once had to delete a comment in my group because of somebody being rude or nasty. And I think that's because they come into it like carrying over the vibes from the book that they read. And they know that's just not what it's about. Like it just became its own entity. 
people will join and yeah they'll be like this is the support group and then everybody will come in and back them up we got you it's okay just keep going and I don't know I just love to see it because you get the veteran readers who've been there since the beginning you get the new readers that come in and just all welcome each other which I love okay so back to characters real quick one of my favorite characters in my Emerald Lake series is a character named Gran. She is the female main character's grandmother who is hilarious. She's obsessed with men and tequila, and she just doesn't take any crap from anyone. She was inspired by my great aunt, who like is literally... My great aunt Hap and Gran are literally the same person. And she is not just my favorite character. She's so many of my readers' favorite too. It's important because last year, my aunt had a stroke in October. And ultimately, due to some COVID com complications and stuff, she did pass away. But throughout the whole three weeks that she was in the hospital, my readers and my fans rallied around me because they felt so connected to this woman that they had never met in person because they were that connected to Bran in the series. I got tons of messages. I got packages in the mail. It was just very moving. And it still almost makes, it gives me goosebumps thinking about like, because when I wrote the series, I unknowingly left her legacy in print. And that's just so powerful. And I love that it that her character resonated with so many people. You just, yeah, you just never know the reach you have. So I have a few more things to add. This is my final slide. But since I created this presentation in November, a few things that I've done so, you know, with the signed book stuff, the demand was so high and it's just one person, I could not keep up with it and write books and do all the things. So ultimately I rented an office space outside of my home, which was the best decision I've made thus far because it was just very hard for me to separate my work life and my home life when my work life was at home. <laughs> so I, I rented like a 900 square foot office where I now have like a full shipping station. I have inventory for my books. So they're always in stock. I stole my best friend from her full-time marketing job and I pay her a full-time salary to work for me to manage my website, to manage the signed books and send out all the orders. And it has been so amazing for my mental health to not have to worry about this stuff. And I think that's something like, you know, that you have to look at like investing in your business isn't always just throwing more money at Facebook ads or getting a cover revamped. Having good health and paying the salary or the the amount of money that that they earn that they're worth is worth it you pay for what you get
That's all I can say with that. But yeah, I think being able to delegate different tasks so that you can stay on focus and engage with your fans and write books, which is why we do this. It's really helped a lot. And I am very excited to see what the rest of the year is going to look like. So that's what I have for you guys. That was amazing. I love <laughs> that was really inspirational. And <laughs> I know there's gonna be a lot of people who have questions. So let's hit them drop in the chat. And I'm really thankful that you shared the loss that you had. That's really tough. Losing, yeah. yeah. Losing someone like close to you, losing a family member, never easy. But yeah. it's really cool that your readers rally around you. That it, it was incredible. Just incredible. It's really special. I'm so excited to get into the Q and A because I feel like people, you you have are really really inspirational. But there's a lot of really cool things to dive into. I want to first start with your writing process because very clearly, like you just obviously you're a kick-ass writer, and to be able to have just one book that you've published in a year and still be able to double your income is really tremendous. So, what Kieran asks is. Can you go into your writing process a bit, specifically how you planned your five book series? And did you know the whole series story before you released any of the books? And with that as well, what are your top tips for writing craft, specifically for writers who might have issues picking one idea or organizing thoughts or procrastination, which I feel like I relate to a lot of this. So I'm curious, I'm curious what you have to say. All right. So let me preface this with, I went 34 years of my life as an undiagnosed raging ADHD person. I finally got my diagnosis last summer. So in terms of sticking with ideas, I can completely understand that. So my writing craft, what it looks like for me, I'm pretty much a pantser. Before I started writing, I always wanted to write a book, but the thing that always held me back was I know I won't be able to focus on all of the finer details to make sure everything's lined up perfectly. That was my like blockage point in my brain. I knew that was not my strength. And I was, no matter what I did, I was never going to be able to be that person, period. When I discovered that there is such an amazing thing as a content editor, I practically cried. I said, this is a game changer for me. So for me personally, I know that adds time to have a content editor, a development editor, go through your manuscript when you're done. I will never, ever put out a book without having one because I know I can write a damn good story, but once it's written and I know how that story went and where it ended at, it's like all of that focus that I had for so long on it, I'm done with it and I'm ready to just walk out the door. So yeah, I I think for me, having people who I trust that can be alpha readers or beta readers, again, it's a learn as you go thing. When I first started out, I had way too many beta readers because that's I was just doing what everybody else was doing. And you have to figure out what works for you. And I quickly found that I didn't, I felt very overwhelmed with a million comments in my document. 
it made me second guess my story too much and it took all of the enjoyment of writing out of it for me. So now I've really focused on, I can love a person as a friend and have them come into my doc. And if they start effing around, <laughs> they're leaving too many comments, I have to pick them out. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I just can't right now. Yeah. And you just have to find the people who you can work well with that understand what you need as the author. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's already in the chat. I'm sure you could see the conversation that has sparked around, like just one, I think you bringing up that you're a mom of autistic children and having neurodivergent kids, but also being neurodivergent yourself. Like that's really, first of all, thank you for being vulnerable. And then second of all, truly there is no one way to be a writer. We all have different brains that work in different ways. And when you said content editor, by the way, someone asked a question in the chat, is that kind of like a synonym for a developmental editor? I'm wondering if that's- okay. Content development, yeah, same, same thing. I, was, I figured that and I was like, I think that word may be more familiar to that person. You could probably look up either one on Google and get more information about yeah. their form of editing. Okay, that's awesome. Let's dive into another question. So this one's from October. So given that you're a newer author, you haven't been in the game for 20 years or 10 years, what skills had you built up and how did you build them that helped you feel confident enough to release your first book? Like I said, I was a very big reader. I was reading probably 10 books a week at some points. And then when I discovered the reverse harem genre, which is ultimately what I published in, I just knew as a reader if the character development isn't there, neither am I. If I don't feel that connection or there's been times, honestly, where I've read a book and then six months goes by and I'll re-download that book and read halfway through it. And then I'll be like, I think I already read this. I did not ever want to be that. I don't want my books to be like that. I want them like no doubt to know that, yeah, they've read a Bert Andrews book before. So yeah, I think just paying attention to things that you're seeing in your genre or things that you're not seeing. So with Emerald Lakes, my female main character is plus size. There were like literally no plus size reverse harem romance books at the time. So I wrote it. I think that went a long way because her character not only resonates with plus size women, but with all women, because with what woman doesn't have struggles with self-image at some point or another? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I always have that. What a one, what a beautiful point. And then two, it brings up another question in the chat. That's like, uh, when you say your characters have elements of you and you've implemented that to create loyal readers, even the idea that like someone's not going to be able to forget it's you, it's your story. Are there like maybe two or three tips that you would be able to give or even one tip as we think about writing our own stories that we can make our readers never forget that it's us? Okay. So I don't know how many people here are romance authors or romance readers, but I will say, and even movies or TV, how many times in any situation you're watching a movie, a woman has a baby at the end of the movie and everything's all happy. 
all the time. That's not real. <laughs> so at the end of my Emerald Lake series, when my character ultimately had a baby, she got postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And yes, we're at the end of the series. It's all supposed to be rainbows and butterflies. That's not real. And the amount of emails that I get from women who are like so moved to tears that their experience is on paper in this epic story that's been all like spicy and all of the emotions, but that their personal experience is getting the attention that it deserves. It's just mind blowing. So do the risky thing. As long as it's real to you and it's going to resonate with other people, do it. That's really wonderful advice. That's, I think, something too that when you, you read a lot of books in your genre, it's easy to get, you need to hit the plot beats. You do need to have the tropes to a certain extent. You can't just ignore the conventions, ignore what your reader's expectations, but you have to still put yourself into it. You can't just write to market and only write to market. You have to be you. And I think, yeah, it takes a lot of strength. I'm going to get some more questions in the chat, but I have some questions for you just in a, because I think you're inspiring. But so Danielle asked, going to when you were talking about, especially like the engaging that you were doing in your community and getting your readers talking to their, what type of questions do you use to start these conversations or are there like icebreakers that you use? How are you going about sparking those conversations? I honestly don't have to do that a lot anymore because the community has become self-sustaining. They're always making content now because they want to. I would say at first, I would just make little graphics like, what was your favorite scene with Gran? Or what did you think about this character? What are your favorite things? That way you're getting feedback. Or I won't read reviews anymore because <laughs> I can't take it. But I do think that getting that feedback is good, even if it's critical. I think that's the better without being mean. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a constructive review, I can handle it. But if it's just straight, like being mean, I can't. But yeah, just asking questions about the book, about the characters and seeing, seeing what they have to say about it and actually like listening to what they're saying. That's a, that's great. That's great. I We have one last question in the chat and then for the final 15 minutes here. I want to actually switch the conversation to talking about your subscription, asking some questions about your subscription, because you've given us such like a great overview of like how to build a fandom, how to really ingrain like that just parasocial relationship between your characters, you and the reader in the stories, which is so powerful. But before we get to the subscription specifics, actually get we'll get to the two. Yes, yeah, she does have a subscription. We'll talk about that. So we're going to talk all about description. But Lynn asked, how often did you do the character questions and answers, the interviews really in the newsletter? So I, I've only done them the one time, which was last, when was it? October 21. So I haven't done any since, but the spinoff series that I wrote, it's going to end up being a duet. 
So I think I will do a, another round of that with those characters from that book before that book releases. But I'll even go into my Facebook group. Like someone, I have this one character who wasn't always a real boy, let's say. <laughs> and he goes to the grocery store one day and finds a cup of Easy Mac, like macaroni, and becomes obsessed with eating raw pasta crunchy noodles but that's the thing now is like people will post everything mac and cheese related even this like ice cream and I tell them all the time if someone else posts that you're banned because it makes me want to gag <laughs> but they just little things like that I don't know they just love it and it's just weird <laughs> and I forget what the original question was or where I was going with it the character basically how often you do the characters which or oh, so like they'll, yeah so they'll post like a picture like oh ferris has been here and it'll be like all these empty mac and cheese things or something and i'll go in and comment as that character and just write ferris at the end like so that they know it's from ferris yeah not, and they love it because they never know when i'm gonna do it yeah <laughs> it's like pulling some over here. <laughs> I love that. It reminds me actually, and I'll link to it in the chat, a really good podcast episode we did with author Z Knight about VTubing and just in general, like making your characters themselves a personality. And I think especially for introverted authors, after if you're listening to Christopher Hopper, you might not want to put yourself out there. You might be more comfortable kind of making a persona for yourself that's still authentic, but is a character. You can literally do that and make your character, the main character story. So I'll link to the V Knight's podcast in description, but I want to talk about um, everything you do with direct sales, specifically your subscription. And when did you start it in your author journey? And how would you say it's gone so far? <clears throat> Which, what are you referring to exactly? Your Patreon. My Patreon. Okay. I want to say I started that one probably around October 21. And I'll admit, I haven't been as like on it as I should have been. But last year, I think I made probably like $15,000 from it doing like the bare minimum. <laughs> and, but yeah, like I'll pop into my Patreon and be like, hey guys, I know I haven't been here in a while, but this is what's going on. And they're like, that's okay. We just want to support you. But seriously, as long as you're honest with these people, they don't care. They just, they're there for you and they see you as a person, not a machine. And I think that's just like huge for us as authors. There's so much demand for like rapid releasing and always being on it. And that just is not reality ever. And it's not, I'm never going to be that person. Yeah. I think it's going well. Do you, do you want to tell them what's coming? Sure. I feel like I I can tell I can I can give you a I can do a little sneak peek, but Britt is what well, I think part of when she's moving to Reem, part of what she's doing is starting a subscription specifically for authors, for fiction authors. And I've had the privilege of chatting with you behind the scenes, working very little, you've done all the work, but giving some guidance behind the scenes on it. And yeah. I think it'll be really awesome. Yes. Yeah, so my goal is to eventually get this subscription up and running on Ream 
right now the working name is fiction addiction beyond beyond the story so basically we're going to talk about all of these things that i just discussed but it's going to be a lot more in depth we're going to talk about branding and building your world and how your brand is so much more than your logo it's how you engage with other people on social media it's what a reader can expect from you anytime they pick up a book with your name on it it's just like looking at things a different way maybe than some people look at them and I think that it could be very helpful I love seeing people succeed especially because I know what it's like to not have any money at all and I don't want anybody to have to live like that and so if I can help in any way like I want to and it like feeds my soul (laughs) I'm really excited for this subscription and to see what how everybody can use the information. Yeah. I'm also like just so excited for the community that you're going to be able to create. Um, just yeah. fellow authors will be able to meet each other through the work that you're creating and be able to have this, what is a very, still to this day, it's not the dominant mindset in the Unday author world in terms of putting yourself first. Definitely people know to take care of themselves, but specifically to not treat yourself like a machine. I feel like we know that internally but we haven't like actually internalized it and you actually have done that and then have put yourself into your stories. So just that really, really inspiring stuff. So I think it'll be awesome. And I'm excited when it's out to be able to share that. It'll be fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Now we did have a few people who were wondering what your shirt says. Oh, it says because uh, romance reader because real life is overrated. I love that. That's awesome. Where did you get it? Someone was selling them at a book signing I went to. I think it was in Chicago. There's the power of merch, right? That's awesome. Yeah. You were talking about merch and I'm going, you're wearing merch yourself. Because that's that's hilarious. I love that. And for everyone who's here, we've got about 10 minutes till in the top of the hour or chart to the half hour. Then we'll take a half hour break. So I'd love if anyone has any last questions for Britt. Oh, that's a good one. Jess asked who did your covers for Emerald Lakes? So I had the covers with the model on covers by Christian Ventilon. I think that's how you say his name. He is by far the best cover designer I've ever worked with. He is the nicest man. He's so incredibly talented at what he does. And I feel like the prices that he charges for the work, the quality of work that he does is on the low end. So I would check him out. And the alternative covers, there's a company called Arts Kinder. I basically paid like $150 per cover for those. It was so oh, cheap. Yeah, not bad. So gorgeous. Yeah, you just, you don't always have to spend a million bucks to get a quality product that's going to resonate with your readers. So, yeah. That's great. And then another question is, where do you, when you create merchandise for your readers, where do do you use to print it? Where do you get the merchandise from? So originally I was using Printful, which is a print-on-demand service. And I liked it because I don't have to do any of the shipping. When I decided to expand my website, 
I was looking for someone local to make some t-shirts for me for, I think, a signing event. And I met this woman who lives like 20 minutes away from me. And she has her own business where she makes like the epoxy gooder tumblers and cups and all kinds of stuff. And I converted her into a fan. And now she works for me. <laughs> I love that. And the best part is that she comes up with all these new like designs because she is a fan and she's going to create this stuff. So it's really a win-win for both of us because she gets paid to create them. I don't have to do any work. <laughs> and then it's, you have your friend who manages the store and the actual operations. I'd be curious too, to know between all these, I mean, you definitely in a great way have the income streams going. You've got the subscription as a little thing in there. You've got obviously the retailers, but this, the direct store, has it been has it has that been a, a significant portion of your income and how has that grown over time you doubled your income between 2021 and 2022 was part of that doubling in part due to the direct store you have it was definitely the signed books were a big part of that i think overall i made about $25,000 last year from my website including books so again it's not something that I think you should rely on heavily. Like it's not going to get you rich quicker. I do make more like in the percentage split now than I did when I was using the Printful company. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm always getting sales. And now that Kayla is working for me, my signed books are up all the time. Whereas before they could only be open for a couple of weeks and then I'd have to close it because it was just too out of control to handle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, Amelia, we've talked about this with her, like she has her subscription with the book boxes and the sign books and also a sign bookstore herself. And yeah, it's great that you have someone to help you out. I've talked to plenty of authors who are getting to the stage where it's, I need that full-time person now. So that's huge. Yes. Yeah. And I'm looking at the chat right now with with Christian's cover 575 for ebook and paperback, he also does a customer appreciation discount. I think after you use him for three different things, you get $100 off of that package. And I've obviously used him for a long time. But the hard thing is with paranormal, especially the amount of work that goes into those covers is a lot more extensive than your just contemporary romance. But on the high end of popular cover designers for that genre, we're talking like $1,000 and up. So when I said Christian is like, for his quality of work, which I feel is on par with those $1,000 designers, he is on the low end for that yeah. quality. Yeah. No, that's, I, yeah. That's great. It's... I, it's tough as a freelancer, especially on the other end of that, not the off of the freelancer to know how to price yourself oftentimes, but it's people deserve to get paid for great work that they do. So he's definitely done a great job with your covers. We have a few questions in the Q and A, so we'll wrap it up with one of them in particular, which is just in, in advertising and marketing in general, how are how have you found all these readers continuously? Would you say word of mouth is now driving most of your sales? Or are you continually investing in ads? I'm sure there's obviously some marketing levers you're constantly pulling on. But if you're able to say, oh, look, I use Facebook to market myself, where are the kind of those places that are working for you? 
So right now, uh, I would say when I was putting out the Emerald Lake series, a lot of it was word of mouth. I did have Facebook ads going, not spending a ton on that. As it's progressed, my ad spend has gone up because one, I can afford it now. And two, when I went through that burnout phase, I was not hitting socials as hard as I was at the beginning. So there had to be some sort of a balance there. So I would say TikTok, Instagram, like all of those are great places for socials to get promotions out there. But I spend probably $150 a day on Facebook ads now. Considering the overall, what your business is doing, that's really not that. It's not bad at all. It's not bad at all. There's definitely, we had another question in the chat and I think we'll hold off. I don't, unless you want to answer that, I I think privacy is important. I just think on that point that given that ad spends usually for most authors, looking at most author businesses, when you're running a high revenue, low margin business, what's eating into most of that margin tends to be advertising. So I, I think you sharing that probably gives everyone a good hint on your, you have pretty good margins because that's not a lot on ads. And, and no. you don't need to spend a lot on ads, but, and you can spend a lot on ads, but Joe Solari has the best resources, I think. And his book Advantage is really good talking about basically ROI in publishing. And a lot of times you're right. And it's a valid question, Heather. You do see authors who say these high income figures, and it's, but what's your take home? And it's really important for y'all to keep that in mind too, with your subscription. If you have a hundred dollar tier, but spending $80 on physical books and, and shipping, and it's going to take you all this time to do it. Like it sounds great until it's like, you're not making any money. You know, revenue is nice. Profit is like what keeps you alive. So it's great. Absolutely. Yep. Brent, this was like amazing. As expected, you're incredible, but this really was like, wow. So thank you so much for your time today. I'm sure you are tired after finishing your latest book on Friday, which is amazing. And then also having a full day with us here. So thank you for your time. If y'all want to connect with Brent more, you should definitely one, check out this recording when it comes out. um, Because It'll be amazing. But also you can check out one. If you're not following our podcast, she's going to come on our podcast when, you know, the project is out. We'll, we'll call it like that. Well, but fiction addiction, when fiction addiction's out, we'll have Brit in the podcast. So pay attention to the subscriptions for authors podcast, but also follow Brit everywhere. And this is her website. I just put it in the chat, Brit Andrews, author. So yeah, you know me anytime if you have questions or want to pick my brain I love talking publishing so yeah you're brilliant and I think the world needs more great people but publishing also needs great people and we have a lot of great people in this industry but you are by far one of them so just thank you for being here thank you so much for watching this session of the subscriptions for authors summit now you may want to learn more about subscriptions and in that case I recommend watching all the other sessions in this summit They're linked down in a playlist below. But I also want to share with you all the other amazing resources we have as part of Subscriptions for Authors. First, we have the Facebook group. You've probably heard it talked a lot about during the summit, but if you're not a part of it yet, you can join totally for free in the link down in the description at facebook.com slash subscriptions for authors. There's over 2,300 fellow subscription authors in there and now a bunch of spinoff groups based on specific genres that will help you start and grow your subscription as an author. In addition, 
We also have, for a very limited time, the founding cohort of the six-figure subscription author accelerator. It's the first link down in the comments. It's open till May 31st, and it's an amazing premium course plus group mentorship that me and Amelia have set up. It has over 10 hours of video, and then it has four group mentorship sessions where you will be paired with a coach and fellow teammates who will take you through starting and growing your subscription with the goal of taking you at the beginning of the summit, whether you've started your subscription or not, to then being able to grow your subscription, get your first paid subscribers, and hopefully grow your subscription to the point that one day you can be a six-figure subscription author. It's a really, really exciting opportunity, and me and Amelia are super excited to share that with you, especially if you're very serious about growing your subscription. It can be a great opportunity if you're a very serious author who wants to go and do that. But if you're maybe not ready for the accelerator, no worries, because we have a lot of other opportunities, a ton of free resources we put online on this very YouTube channel, there's like 30 podcast episodes out and we have a ton more releasing soon. We have like 10 more films that we're going to be releasing in the coming weeks. In addition, we have a free book called The Descriptions for Authors Starter Guide, which condenses a lot of the amazing insights you heard today throughout these sessions and gives them in a very streamlined fashion, a step-by-step -step guide into how you can start your description. You could download that book totally for free by signing up for our mailing list at the link in the description. And then lastly, we also have Fireside Chats. I will link down to the playlist of that as well. Those are free webinars that we do about very key topics and subscriptions. So those are really, really fun. I hope you all enjoy it. Yes, we are dedicated to putting a ton of resources out there for you to have a successful subscription. Not only that, but we also built a platform specifically made for fiction authors to be successful in subscriptions, which is called Ream. You can think about it like the Shopify meets Patreon, meets a Facebook group, meets Wattpad, all in one. But the whole goal is to help you turn your fans into customers of yours directly that pay you monthly. It's a really awesome platform. And you can check it out in the link below in the description as well. Yes, there's a lot of links, there's a lot of things going on, but odds are if you're watching this summit, you wanna dive deeper into your subscription. So you want to give you everything in one place. And in fact, if you wanna get all of our links in one place, we have the Ream link tree, That'll be the second link down in the comments. The Ream link tree literally has everything in there. So if you ever want any information on anything in subscriptions, all of it's in the link tree. And it's a pretty great place. I'll see you all soon. Thank you for being a part of this summit. You all the best. Have a great rest of your day. And don't forget, storytellers rule the world. Rule the world.